What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Ghost Cold Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Per Weberg. Per is formerly a member of Opeth, and you know his work from bands like Spiritual Beggars, Candlemass, King Hobo, and Kimchatka. He currently has a brand new solo album out called Head Without Eyes out on Despot's Records, and it rules. So check it out. Per, how are you? How's everything going? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. Um... Summer's coming to Sweden as well, so I'm happy about that. Awesome. Yes, we are also getting kind of finally the first beginnings of summer here in New York City. So I bet bet summer in Sweden is lovely, though. It can be. Uh, It truly can be. Uh, It can be pretty horrible sometimes as well. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, just like the rest of life. (laughs) It's a mixed bag. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, we're here to talk about your new, you have many projects going on in 2019. You're so busy, but I love this solo record. Why is now a good time? You know, what inspired you to kind of uh, create this new solo record now? Um, it, it wasn't that planned, to be honest. It was just I had some time in between touring uh, with uh, other bands a couple of years ago. Um started to write some music and discovered that that music that I was working on didn't really fit with anything I was playing with at the time. And uh, but it was good fun to work on that music. And the more I worked on it, the more I felt like this had to be something new, I guess, um, which in my case would be to do something on my own. Um, um, since I've usually played with bands my whole life. So this was a different thing. So there wasn't like, um, what would you call it? Like a lifelong ambition to make a solo album. It, it more or less just happened, I guess. Right on. And, you know, right off the bat, there's definitely elements of your entire career found, you know, all of your music you've ever made. There's little traces of it throughout, but you're absolutely right. It's definitely very unique and um, it's unlike, you know, the compositions are definitely unlike anything people are used to hearing from you. I think it's really refreshing. I think it's very cool. Some of this music for 2019, it's like a little uh, out of left field and, uh, you know, slightly avant-garde, but also, uh, you know, some, you know, there's some stoner rock, there's some progressive stuff, there's some psychedelic stuff and then there's some unclassifiable jams on there so um was there anything in particular you were sort of uh, inspired by or listening to in the run-up to writing this music yeah lots and lots of different music um that i've listened to more or less my whole life but never have been able to explore with other bands that i've played with through the years so so this was also a chance it felt like a, a, a great chance to to sort of do something with all of those uh, other influences, so to speak. Um, and, and that's shitloads of different kinds of music. And it just sounds stupid if you, if, if you start a name like hundreds of bands. But I mean, like from the 70s, bands like Hawkwind, Can, lots of lots of German stuff from the 70s, like uh, Kraftwerk, Tangerine Dream, and, and, and music like that. And then from the 80s, you got like Killing Joke, uh, Swans, um, Talk Talk. Um, so there's like a wide, wide range of different influences, but maybe not like um, that would would be what people would con- sort of associate me with normally, if you know what I mean. 
No, absolutely. And I definitely hear the 70s, 80s thing sometimes in the same song, sometimes in different parts of the same song. I hear little things. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting. People obviously associate you with a long association as a keyboard, an organ player and a pianist. Um, you know, you've been able to throw down some very classic uh, rock organ or jazz keys uh, in the style of the greats of the genres. But you actually are a very accomplished multi-instrumentalist and singer. And I think people People will be very pleasantly surprised uh, at some of the guitar work on here and the vocals. There's a lot of really cool stuff on here from you. Yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've always played um, most instruments, not drums. That would be pretty horrible. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, I've played uh, guitar, bass um, for, for many years, more or less the same amount of years that I've played keyboards. But I totally, I'm totally aware of the fact that most people would know me as a keyboard spiritual beggars or stuff like that uh, but the last five six years uh, I've mainly been playing bass in bands actually um, so, so to, to me I don't have like an instrument that I prefer more than the other so to speak um, but I, I do understand if people view me as a keyboard player of course. And at the same time, I have the sense that you are writing and you know, music is your life. So I sense that you're making music all the time. Uh, is there ever a time when you're sitting down writing, whether at bass or keys or something else, and uh, a part comes to you and you say, oh, that's better for my solo career or that's better for King Hobo or that's better for spiritual beggars? Is there ever a moment when you pull something back for yourself or just kind of whatever moves you? Um, usually... For some reason, I've always enjoyed, um, how would you put it, like writing for, for for a particular project or band. I mean, if, if I would come up with things like riffs or whatever for Spiritual Beggars, it, it's, it's so, I don't know how to describe it, but having played in that band for so many years, it's, it's not like... I pretty much know it straight away what would work where, if you know what I mean. And sometimes it can be very creative to to work within in in a special setting. Sometimes it's it's really difficult if someone tells you like write whatever you feel like or whatever <laughs> you know. It, it can be pretty hard to come up with stuff. But if someone says write a song for just like an example for spiritual beggars, then it's a lot easier if you know what I mean. So, um, these songs that are on my solo album, they were written, it's not songs that have been lying around for years and years and years. It, 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 all of them were written within, um, let's say, like half a year or something. Oh, wow. Um, that's great. That's something I did not, not, not know. And, uh, you know, I think one of the most interesting tracks, and you speak about, you know, sort of the process of, you know, writing, is Anywhere the Blood Flows is a really special track. It's really long. It's very, uh, I would re I would regard it as almost a very patient song. Take some time to get into. It's very well developed and thought out. Um, obviously, you have a long association with, you know, stoner rock and progressive rock and some very long song structures. But this track in particular is one of my favorites on the record, and I just wanted to get your take a little bit on you know how that came about oh, it's probably my favorite 
back on the record as well. And it's um, it's one of those songs. And I think you know most musicians uh, musicians would say that you know when they write songs, they the end result is nothing like they thought it would be. You know, like happy accidents or it, it came out good, but it maybe didn't match the original vision or whatever. Uh, this this song, Anywhere the Blood Flows, came out more or less exactly like I envisioned it, which is very rare, I would say. That that never happens. And I mean both like the performance and the mix, actually. So maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why, why I think uh, this might be my favorite track on the album as well, because it's, it's very, it doesn't happen often. Um, it's also one of, a song that was originally meant to be shorter, but uh, when I started working on it and started writing lyrics for it, I was really happy with how the lyrics shaped up. So uh, the lyrics actually made the song longer than I thought it would be. Because uh, also one of those things, lyrics are really hard to write. I think it takes a long time for me to to sit down and, and, and try to like, uh, write lyrics. Um, I don't know why. Um, I do enjoy it when I when I do it, but it's something that takes a long time for me to get into it. And I was kind of happy about how they came out. So um, that's also one of the reasons why the song is pretty long. Um, and it, it was... The original idea was to make a song that, as you said before, like, uh, I can't remember the wording you used, but it's kind of a repetitive um, first part of the song, like uh, it's very much based on like the German crowd rock scene uh, in the 70s with bands like Faust and, and uh, Armandul and like that can as well you know like the robot beat it just goes and goes and it's supposed to be some some kind of trans walk if that makes sense no of course and uh, of course uh can is you know speaks for itself i know you're a huge fan and of course we all love craft work here in the in the, the west but um there's so many more bands actually that don't get enough credit i know can is the most popular and craft work is huge but there's so many bands actually that don't get enough credit from that scene back then i think they were kind of overshadowed a little bit here abroad but obviously in europe everybody knows you're very familiar with those bands uh, no, of course, yes. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to say is maybe uh, because you're so comfortable with the musical part that maybe the lyrics and the vocals create the challenge part of a, a solo record for you. That's probably part of the process that's uh, I would imagine would be very satisfying at the end. Yeah, uh, that's true. It was. That's also one of the things I've, I've um, done lead vocals in many bands through the years, but not like the most the, the bands that people would know about. Basically. So it, it's not that I'm uh, uncomfortable doing lead vocals. It's just that it's a, a different type of vocals than I'm maybe more 
um, used to sing like shouty rock vocals, you know. But it, it didn't feel like this this album needed that. So it, it, I worked a lot with having more like a laid back take on vocals, so to speak. No, that's that's fascinating. Um, as we wind down these questions, I did want to ask you, I, I know it's kind of challenging to kind of put a project together and then put it aside and you have many other things going on. Do you think there's a chance that you'll get to tour any of this music or do a solo tour at some point? Uh, I definitely want to. Uh, I'm, I'm actually putting a band together now. Um, and um, from, from it, it looked... Like, uh, I'll be working with a European booking agency as well, uh, which is really cool. Um, when I when I made the album, I wasn't sure if, if how it would feel if I would, you know, have the urge to play live on it or just leave it as a recording project. But um, now it feels like I really want to give it a try. And uh, so hopefully uh, I'll be starting to play some shows this fall. Well, that's amazing. I would love to get a chance to see you perform some of this solo material live as we were discussing. And just finally, uh, you just put out the really amazing King Hobo record. I know there's activity with some of your other bands. What is going on that you can talk about? Uh, what's upcoming for you in the near future that you can share? Um, I play bass and sing in a band called uh, Kamchatka as well. Mm. And uh, we're uh, getting together next week to write to try and write a new album and hopefully it'll be out before uh, the end of the year um, so doing that and we're going to do a tour in Europe with Clutch uh, and another Swedish band called Graveyard from Shatka in December and um, as you mentioned King Hobo uh, which is me, uh, the guitar player from Kamsatka, and Trumpol Guster from Bang Clutch. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that we might do a King Hobo track on that tour. <laughs> right, you have the whole band there. You might as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's say I wouldn't be surprised if we would sort of break out a Hobo tune now and then on that tour. Amazing. We spoke to Jean-Paul not too long ago and he was really pumped up about the record. And now that it's here, we just were in our review of it, actually. Um, it's such a fun record. You know, I don't want it to overshadow your solo work because I hope people go check out your solo album. But the King Hobo record is so much fun. It's the second record, I believe, from you guys. And uh, it's really exciting that you have all this great new music out in the world right now, Per. Yeah, it, it was a it was a fun album to to make, and I'm super happy that it's uh, finally out. Uh, so, really happy about that. Awesome, Per Wilberg. Thank you so much for spending some time with the Ghost Cold Magazine podcast. It's been an honor and a pleasure to talk to you, man. Well, good talking to you as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.